Right. Thank you so much. Uh, we've had an amazing, amazing Aksama uh, Afrikaans English Meng. Huh? Nam Namish. Okay. I'll do a Namish on you. If you don't understand my Namish, tell me. We've had an amazing week. It was an amazing week. Uh, die ouwens het baie getuig. Ek hoop jylle deel het tenminste met, met die ander, al het jylle nie van, van ochend kom deel voor nie. Mike, I hope you share your story, about what God shared with you. I'm getting no smile from Mike. Okay, there's a smile from Mike. And that, yeah, that you should share. And the journey for many of you is not finished. It just started. And I want to encourage you to go pursue the Lord. And we'll hear this morning about how to pursue God. Um, and that you would really seek God and believe Him. I love the prophetic word, both words. Both words are about faith. Uh, both words are about pursuit. And this morning's message is faith and pursuit. Faith and craving. So I'm combining two messages this morning. So um, while I'm preaching, pray for me. <laughs> but now I'm confident the Lord has spoken to me. So um, I, my wife and I are from Stellenbosch. Just a bit of info about us. Who are these strange people? We don't originate from there. She originates from Cirrus, Koebokkefeld. Who knows of the Koebokkefeld? Wonderful. Mountainous area, lovely valleys, fruit valley. Her father had a farm there. I originate from Beirut, Lebanon. Not the one next to Funabel Park. <laughs> the one north of Israel. Yeah. My dad's Lebanese. My mom's Afrikaans. They both passed on. I have two kids. We have two kids. A son of 24 and a daughter of 20. She got married the 7th of Jan. I married her. What a privilege for a dad to marry his daughter. Married to an amazing new son that loves the Lord. Uh, he's 23 years old. 24, 24 years old. So, um, yeah, it's exciting to be with you folks. Uh, it's a miracle we're here. Um, we have to get a visa to come preach here. Do you know that? You can't believe it. Some other preacher from South Africa robbed lots of money from Namibians, and the government just, you know, I can't even pray in front without a visa. That's how severe it is. But we still love Namibian government. <laughs> we love Namibians. Yeah, so uh, it's a privilege for us to be here. So this morning's message is entitled, um, Pursuing God and Having Faith in God While Pursuing Him. And I'm going to kick off with some amazing things that have happened to us the last two months. So I've been in the Pentecostal charismatic movement since the age of 10. I grew up with my dad Catholic. And my mom was Dutch Reformed, and she just wanted to venture out. She just said, I don't understand the Catholic system. I'm not getting much from my own church that I grew up in. And she started visiting the Assemblies of God Church, and then uh, First Methodist, and then Assemblies of God. And then she started pulling us with. So at the age of 10, for the first time, I heard people speak in tongues. Who here can remember the moment you first heard people speak in tongues? It was a shock. Would you agree? It was a shock to me. I thought these people are mad. Until God explained to me what that is and how beautiful it is. And um, so, that's basically just a bit about me. But in December, January, God reaffirmed and said to me, My son, where is your faith of your youth in me? Where is that stepping out, trusting, believing me 
for small things all the time. Engaging in me for every little thing. And, uh, and he did that because he started answering prayers. And just somehow the Spirit spurred me on to pray for everything. Which I hadn't been doing for quite some time. And the first great thing that happened is a friend of mine phoned me. We speak weekly and he's from another, he's from the Isle of Man. And, he f- and we, we speak on a video call on WhatsApp every week. And um, he said to me, he said to me, Mac, um, we have 400 Indian folk that are healthcare workers that have to move to the UK to go into homes, to go into old age homes, to look after people that are frail. And the man that has to release the money that is in government circles has been postponing the release of the money. These people have given up their jobs. They've sold everything. They are in limbo. And he says, Mac, we don't know what to do. And it's been weeks. He says, please pray. And so we pray. And while we pray, such a, a conv- not a, like an empathy fills our hearts. And we start weeping for these poor people that are hanging in the, in the air, waiting for the, for the money to be released, for them to be transferred to the UK. And so while we're praying and, and, and we like, in faith, we put out our hands on the screen, you know, we're holding hands now in agreement. We just start, ah, oh, such a compassion fills our hearts. And by faith, we said, okay, Lord, can we ask that today that money be transferred, that those people can go to the UK? That afternoon, three o'clock, he phones me. He says, Mac, you won't believe it. I said, I do believe it. He said, the money's just been transferred. We, we got information. That hasn't happened for a long time with me. That God... Then the next day, a friend phones me and he says to me, please will you pray? My wife and I have to make a major decision regarding uh, uh, our lives. He doesn't tell me what the decision is. He says, we have to make a major decision. Uh, he says, and ask God for a word. So when somebody asks me to pray, I pray. But when you're asking for a word, that puts more pressure. I must now say, God, give me a word for this person. So I said, Lord... While I'm praying for him, I see him and his wife walking on this muddy road. And the the mud is like three quarters up their leg beneath their knee. And these these, these, um, um, klonte, what is it in Engels? You know what the klonte is? Moder klonte, plakt in hulle broek en hulle skoen. En is moeilik om te loop op hierdie pad. En op een stadium kom hulle op een teerpad en daar is een brandweerman en hy spuit hulle af. Gelukkig was het niet een fors nie, nie van de voeten afgespuit nie, maar niet zo so lichtjes. Hij spuit hulle af van al die modder, maar die hele lewe word afgespuit. En dan loop hulle op die teerpad weer, en dan kom hulle by die mooi groen paikie. Die stuk langs die oceaan, daai groen. Die so swak op die mooi stukje wat je kan stap, maar nog meer groen. Hierdie tweespoorpad, bakkiespad, loop hulle en dis net vreugde. En ek dacht, hier, nou is ek die mekaar. Wat het dit met de besluit te doen? En ek stier het vir hom. Terwijl ek het stier, val die skrif in my gedagtes, Psalm 82 vers 3. En daar staan, look after the orphan, look after the destitute, care for them. Nou is ek meer die mekaar. Maar hoe kombineer jy dit? Ek sê vir hom, daar is ek dacht, oh, ek het seker nie recht gehoor nie, ek het nou fout gemaakt. Dadelijk, laat hy my weet, hy sê, jy sal nie weet, jy sal nie raai nie. Ek sê, ja, wat? Hy sê, Ek en my vrou moet besluit of onze jong 17-jarige dame gaan toelaten bij ons te blijven in die huis. Want sy is desperate. Later dan hoor ek die story. Die story is, sy vrou, hierdie ou, wat my gevraagd of om te bid, die pel, sy vrou was een dwellingverslaafde 20 jaar terug. 
haar beste dwellingverslaafde Mikey is die ma van die 17-jarige. Die Mikey het nooit tot bekering gekom. Die Mikey is nog steeds het dwellingverslaafde. Sy sit met die seste kind van zes verschillende mans. Hierdie 17-jarige, oudste kind van haar, moet na haar ma omsien, die nietste boyfriend en vijf kinders. Sy het hele jaar nie school toegegaan nie. Die kind is desperaat. Sy sê, ek kan nie so aangaan nie. Ek moet school toegaan. Ek moet iets doen met my leven. Ek kan nie een ma wees vir my ma en een ma wees vir my boeties en sissies nie. Kan ek nie asjeblief by julle kom bly nie? Hulle moes besluit maak. Hulle moes besluit. They have to count the cost. The picture walking is this 17 year old. How, how, um, how trustworthy have adults been to her in her life? How much does she respect adults? Does she trust adults? Are they adults? Are parents parents? No. So her, she is so suspicious of any adult, of any, any older person, she doesn't trust. So she's going to throw them, she's going to nail them, she's going to bat them back, she's going to punch them back because of her own brokenness and hurt. Hurt people hurt others. Broken people break others. And so she, so I, and that's the road it's going to be when she, and she's come, she's staying with him now already for a month. The first journey with her is going to be, she's going to punch them because she's hurting. And that's going to be like walking through mud. And they're going to become tainted with her words and her, her abuse and her behavior. And then God, because I saw the fireman being God, wash them down. Wash them away from that pain and that hurt. And then the road gets a bit better. It's a tar road. And it will end up in glory on a green path. Isn't God amazing? But God wants us to start trusting Him and pursuing Him with faith. Not no faith. Sometimes you ask a hundred times, God, come through. And then we give up at a hundred times. You don't know, 101 God pictures, then you've missed it. And so God is just saying, don't stop praying and trusting me for the supernatural, for the wow, the wonder. A few days later, another thing, amazing thing happened. Um, um, my new son-in-law, my new son, loses his wallet. And in it is his bank cards, his ID. Have you seen the queues at Home Affairs in South Africa? A few kilometers. It's a nightmare. Now he's lost everything. And he doesn't know where. Him and my, my daughter were at Hypergiant. Everybody been to Hypergiant in Durbanville? It's twice the size of macro. It's like massive. And in South Africa, where we have no theft. Hey. So, and he comes back. Hy is moedeloos. Hy sê, ach, wat gaan nou gebeur? En ek sê, en na het ek een bykie geloof, ek sê, ok, ons gaan leren vertrou. Nou, ek het al voorin gehoor, mense goed word gesteel, dan bid ek eens daar voor die. Ek het ophou geloof vir die onmoendlike. Who is guilty with me in that? We become old charismatics, or old Pentecost, we must renew that kind of spur and faith in God. And so, I say, let's pray. And while we're praying, I get this idea there's going to be a good Samaritan involved in this journey. So he goes and he goes to the room. He's in a depro. He locks him. Well, he doesn't. He shuts the door. And I say, where's Dean Mikasin? He's processing. He's the loss. There's no faith in him. It's fine. We love him. I also have no faith sometimes. And um, I say, have you phoned Hypergine? No, he hasn't. Third day, I said, have you? No. And he goes, I'm gonna, I'll phone them. I hear how 
He giggles around the corner talking to the people. Somebody came and dropped off the wallet. Nothing taken. Is that not a miracle? That's a sign and a wonder. So somebody very close to us has wandered off from God the last six years. Very. Like really taken a garden path. And we, could, we realized we could not speak to this person spiritually. We had to back off. Because he's... He was, his eyes, his, his vision is blurred about Christianity. And I chat with him, and he says, please, the first time in six years, please will you pray with me? I'm so depressed. Now, I can tell him why he's depressed, because he's not soaking. But I mean, I'm not there to give him answers. I said, let me pray. And my wife heard the prayer, and she said, I went, I rebuked demons that God doesn't even know existed. But I mean, I used that opportunity. And I fetched it and I prayed blessing. And, and afterwards he said, thank you so much. I feel so much better. The, the heaviness has left. Instant answer to prayer. The last story. There's many other stories, but yeah. Some, I also want to share something about, um, Rainey, what you said uh, about releasing and going. Hey? That's basically um, just using the opportunities that God, God wants to thrust us out. So, another thing, I sat with a couple, they are going full-time into ministry. But his, his income has fallen with a third. And he realizes, maybe I've made the commitment too soon. Because I have so many people that I must pay, I think I was, I was too fast in making that commitment. He says, what do I do? And he says, they, he's, he, he realizes, he, you know, he can go speak to, to the church office, they can put it a little bit up, but I mean, there's many people to support that are full-time. And he's, the church he planted grew from 20 to 80 in the last year. So he need a full-time guy. It won't work to double-time it still. And he's going to have to go to a, a, a debt council. He says, but that doesn't glorify God. And they're like in a depro, and we're chatting with them, and we're encouraging them. I said, please talk to us. And let's pray. And he spoke to somebody that said to him, whenever you go full-time, we want to support you. That's now outside of the salary that he gets as a pastor, as a new pastor or a lead elder and so um, we chat and they feel a bit better we encourage them and then we pray together and as we finish as we say amen he sees an email come on his cell phone now he's spoken to the guy that said let me know when you want to go full-time the guy hasn't responded for a long time he just it's like the guy's avoiding me as we finish praying he gets an email the guy says we want to support you now that doesn't always happen granted but let us pursue him the hundred times and not give up. Because how do you know the hundred and first time he pitches in such an amazing way? And it's, he's, he's sovereign. Why he doesn't always do it, I don't know. We'll ask him that when we arrive in heaven. But he does come through when he wants to, in his timing, when he knows. So I want to encourage you. So the first verse I'd like to chat, it's now. So let we have to... Apply faith to our pursuit of God and our craving after God. Otherwise, you won't get anything. We have to be expectant when we pursue God. We have to be expectant when we pursue healing and victory. We have to be expectant with faith when we trust for salvation for people around us. Without faith, it's not possible to please God. We know that. It's How many times have we heard that in our lifetime? So let's look at 1 Peter 2 verses 2. Like newborn babies, is it on the board? You must crave 
pure spiritual milk. Ah, beautiful. So that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Isn't that a powerful scripture? Now, how many of us do that? Okay, let me ask, how many of us, how many of us don't do that? Tell me afterwards if I'm wrong. Then I'll repent. How much do we crave for God's spiritual milk? Let's think about it. Do we all have an emptiness in us? The only way to fill that up is the Holy Spirit. Is craving God. Pursuing God. Now, let's think about it. A new, who has a, a reasonably newborn baby here? Is there a mommy here? Okay. I need you. S- say? Oh, that's hard with my love. Is she asleep? Is it he? He? Say sinky. He slape. Oh, you know, plaat you. Is that right? Okay. So, how erg heil hy as hy melk wil hee? Nee, jy moet baie woorde gee nou. Sonder ophou? Sonder ophou. Erg. Uit sy maagheid? Uit sy maagheid, ja. Constant? Constant. Het ek gesê sonder ophou? Ja. Ja, sê, dit is baie mooi. Het is sleep te praat. It robs you of sleep, ja. Do you think God wants us to rob him of sleep? You better believe it. You better believe it. What else? Anything else? Demanding. Ah, you can go, thanks. Demanding without stopping, out of his stomach, desperate. Are we like that in pursuit of getting to know God? I want to challenge you, become like that. Choose to pursue God with all of your heart. Non-combat. Baby, there's no other option. It will cry until it gets milk. It's totally vulnerable. It's totally dependent. It's lovingly, humbly demanding if that's possible. I mean, that baby's totally dependent on on daddy and mommy. It's vulnerable, but it demands while it's vulnerable. God wants us to have that kind of heart's attitude in our pursuit of Him, but doing it with with confidence He's going to pitch. He's going to come through. He's going to break through for us. To feed us spiritually. And that, that verse is so powerful. It says, pursue this milk so that you can grow into the full, is it up there? Full experience of salvation. If you don't pursue God like a newborn baby, you'll have a partial experience of your salvation. Who feels my salvation has kind of let me down? I've not achieved what I should achieve. Who feels that? Unfortunately, it's not God's fault. Take your finger. Point it at yourself. It's my fault. You did not pursue Him like a baby pursues, like that mommy was sharing, for that pure spiritual milk. You did not. And me too, I'm guilty as well. Then you come into the full experience of salvation. Cry out for that nourishment like a baby, just without giving up, adamantly, humbly, absolute certainty to be fed spiritually. I will not let go of you, God, until you pitch, because I believe you're my only source. You're my only satisfaction. There's no alternative. You can't go to a stranger 
Will that baby allow itself to be fed by... Think of somebody, a little toddler. That baby will because it's not big enough. But a little toddler, uh, a one-year-old that still is breastfed, will that baby go to someone else? No ways. Only mommy can feed that baby. And daddy sometimes with a bottle. Yes, daddy will feed the baby. Only mom and dad can satisfy. What do we go to instead of God for satisfaction? Social media, TV, movies, food. You can see I struggle with that. Food. Sometimes coming to this, we want to think this will satisfy us. Fellowship, Bible study, praying together. Nothing replaces you and Jesus alone. Bible says, go into your room, shut the door and press in. Nothing will satisfy you. This will. God uses this. Yes, the fellowship. But it's not the ultimate source. It's second hand. First hand is go to the Father on your own. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, farming, your job, nature. Nature will satisfy, but it will not satisfy like you alone with the Lord. Alcohol, buying things, materialism, sexual indiscretions. Many guys struggle with pornography, running to get satisfaction. After that, you feel more empty than you felt in the beginning. You feel you're in a big, big black vacuum and you feel dirty. You don't feel that when you go to God. It takes effort to go to God. Yes. The others are quick fixes. God is not a microwave God. So, let's look at the parable of the persistent widows. Luke 18, verses 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Yes, thank you. He said, in a certain town, they should always pray and not give up. Who of you have given up? The last few months. Don't give up. Be stubborn in your tenacity. Be like a bull terrier. Have you heard of a bull terrier? Their jaws lock when they bite you. They, bite, they don't let go. Be like lovingly, respectfully, a bull terrier. Will not let go. Do not. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. So the widow said, the widow did not give up, kept coming. For some time he refused this, this judge because he doesn't, he actually just lives for him, he's a narcissist. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about what people think. Narcissist, you see that? Narcissist. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Can you believe it? He becomes scared of this widow. So, was she, oh, please judge, please give me fairness. Was she like that? He's scared she will. How tenacious are you with the Lord? So my brother there, your name forget, Yamar. Conrad shared a very powerful testimony yesterday. He shared about where he was so neglected, abused at school. He hated school. And he experienced so much rejection. He, uh, he said, I can share. He experienced so much rejection. He went into the desert and he had a wrestle with God. Thank you massively. Huh? Only English. Only English. Okay, okay. Oh, my apologies. All right. 
So I'm speaking English now. Hey, that's fine. I'm on the right track. So, and he's wrestling with God. And he's saying, God. And he's like shouting. I mean, you know that David accuses God in the Psalms. Where are you, God? Where are you? Why aren't you helping me? And he was having that kind of wrestle a whole night, eh? And yellow aunt. And he felt there was no resolution. Next morning, all the bitterness, all the anger, all the rejection, gone. Because he wrestled with God. He pursued. He was like a baby. He was like the widow. That the judge became scared of the widow because the widow would not stop. So even though she's totally dependent on the judge, she was like a child crying for milk. She was adamant in her pursuit. Adamant yet humble. I know that's impossible, but it is possible. Desperate in your desperation. Actually, yeah, I don't, I don't have the words to explain it, but you know, I'm sure you know what I'm trying to say. So he refused, even though, so, so that she won't eventually attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust, unjust judge says, verse 6. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him night and day? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's amazing that God is willing to compare himself to this crazy judge. But I think the principle is not the judge. The principle is the persistent widow. That we persist like the widow because God is a God of love. He's not like this judge. He's much better. He's, you can't even compare God to this judge. God is a daddy. How do we know he's a daddy? When he says to us, when you pray to me, your language to me, your approach to me is, and I share it at the Shulke, is say Abba Father. Abba is an Aramaic word for daddy, daddy, close God. So if God, the creator of the universe, we're in a galaxy that has billions of planets. We don't know how many. We don't even know how big our galaxy is. But we've discovered there are other billions of galaxies with other trillions and billions of planets. Nobody knows the beginning and the end of the universe. They try to thumbsuck it. Nobody knows. Nobody can see that far. Never been there before. This person that made all of this says to little old me and you, when you talk to me, I'm your daddy. Isn't that crazy? I know the number of hair on your head. Not very hard for me, but if you had to think of my head. Although even for me. Hey, Barry. Yeah. There's nothing there. But as close as does dawn sees. It's hidden. Yes, it's in. God knows. of the. This God says to you, you know what? I love you so much. You are so special to me. I come and make my dwelling in you. The Spirit lives in you. What's your name, young man? John. John, the Holy Spirit lives in you. If you've given your life, you've surrendered to Jesus, He comes and He lives in you, become His temple, His building. This massive God, from whom everything comes, comes and says, I love you so much. I'm so besotted with you. I come and I make my dwelling in you. He's a daddy. So when you talk to me, you belong. If somebody says, I'm your dad, he says to you, I take responsibility over you. He says to you, you belong to me. He says to you, you are mine. He says, if somebody, as Ivan Skorshukman, if somebody's messing with you, I'll protect you. I will guide you. A dad takes total, a godly dad takes total responsibility for his child. 
So your relationship with me is as a son is or a daughter is to a dad. Then um, I was pursuing to say, God, show me how much you love me. Because you say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind. Can somebody help that lady, please? Just, just help her to walk. She's struggling. Let me just pray for her as well, eh? Um, scripture says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. How possible is that? Who gets that right? Love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind. Who can say today, I do that? Lovely. You need to pray for me because I still haven't achieved to love Him with all my heart, all my mind, and all my strength. I'm serious. I, I'm pursuing that. I love the Lord. I can say now, because I, to say that I love the Lord, can I honestly say, could I say that 20 years ago? No. I appreciate Him, but can I say I love Him? And so I started on this journey. I said, Lord, Word says in 1 John 5, we love because you loved us first. So the only way for us to love you is to discover your love for us. So Lord, please show me your love for me because I want to love you. I want to I fulfill the scripture. I want to say I want to love you with all my heart, all my mind, all my strength. But I cannot do it unless I taste how much you love me. And so I pursued. I said, Lord, show me your love. And I'm sitting with this couple. I was 23 years old as a missionary and they'd come to eat at our mission base. We could invite them. And they have a three-week-old baby. And I'm telling them this amazing story about a Vietnamese missionary going from one Viet Vietnamese village to the other. And he arrives at this one village and he wants to share Jesus with, him, with them. They are Buddhists. They don't like his message. They beat him to a pulp. They fasten rocks on him, throw him in the river. And while he's in the river, busy drowning, a yellow light appears and he starts breathing underwater. At that moment, the baby starts making little noises. Something like that. And um, I'm, so I'm, I want to tell the people what's happened to this man. He's breathing underwater. Who of you want to know what happened to him? They did not care less. All that had their attention was this little baby. Making little, the baby wasn't crying or wasn't screaming for milk. It was just making little noises. And they focus on this. And I'm talking to the air. I'm thinking, and God right there says to me, look at the attention that baby has from its parents. That, that baby is totally uh, 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 loved by its parents. It, the parents are besotted. The parents give that baby all, its, all their attention, all of their love, all of their focus. I am like that with you. You have all of my love, all of my focus, all of my attention. I am besotted with you, my son. And God started revealing to me a bit of his love. My challenge to you, make your life goal. Make your life goal to Make your life goal to find out, to pursue, to pray every day. Jesus, show me how much you love me. That will change you. It will heal you. Is there anything we should fear if we know God is for us and we know His love? Is there anything we should worry about? No matter how terrible situation we're in, no matter how hopeless, is it too hopeless if we know God loves us to trust Him in that? No. If we know He loves us. No. It's not. He settles. He calms. He brings peace. And so the Lord started showing me. And today I can say, I love Jesus. And I can say it with conviction. I can't say I love Him with all my heart. I'm, I'm pursuing that. 
Because sometimes my heart wanders. Maybe I'll only love Him with all my heart, all my when I die and I get a glorified body. Luckily, my salvation is not based on my love of Him. My salvation is based on faith. Full stop. From that faith, if it's real faith, you'll come acts and works. But it doesn't start with works. It starts with faith. Which is beautiful. My dad showed me a bit of God's love. My own biological dad. And I've shared it also this week. My dad would come to me. Oh, my tight is up. But I can't get out of and uh, my dad would come to me. My wife says, yes, she's heard this message already. She's tired of it. I can't be tired of it. All right. I preached it once before, but I've combined two now. So it's, not, it's never preached a specific message. And um, my dad would come to me. Oh, you want to know about the Vietnamese guy? So he, 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 um, he gets washed out onto the riverbank. There's no Chinese or Japanese people here, hey? Okay. Now imagine a Vietnamese. They're already like this. Now he gets beaten. How he saw, I don't know. Because now, I mean, imagine if you thought, how can, sorry, I'm being, I'm being racist. I'm not a racist. It's just amazing to me that he gets beaten and he still finds his way back to the same village that beat him up. How he saw, he must have seen in the spirit. Because his face was puffed up. So he walks back. He's supposed to laugh. You're not laughing. So he walks back. And, he, and they see him. They run away. They think he's a ghost because he's supposed to be dead. And they all come to salvation. They believe his message. They say, yes, this is a God that we want to serve. He's a miracle-working God. My father was unlike any other father. I think I've heard of one other guy that had a father like this. He's unlike many of our fathers. He's never, and I needed hidings, but he would speak to me, and I had such love and respect for him that I would listen to his stern voice. And I wouldn't, he never gave me a hiding. My mom punched me with her hands with rings on. Bled once the nose. I was very cheeky, but I, I just respected. Why did I respect my dad? Why did I love him so much? Because he loved me, and he showed it. My dad would come to me. I can do it to my wife. I'm going to mess up your makeup. Can I do it as an illustration? Come. I must include you. No, no, you must stand. They need to see it. Imagine she's me. Literally would come. Every second, every third day, I'm going to mess up her makeup. He'd do this. He'd kiss me all over. And he'd say to me, my son, I love you more than I love my life. My dad. I'd be lying in the sitting room watching something on TV. He'd come to me, grab my feet and kiss my feet. My son, do you know how much I love you? I'd wake up at night and I'd see him kneeling at my door, my room door entrance, praying for me. Now, if an earthly father loves, how much does your heavenly father not love you? We need to find out his love for us, guys. You cannot remain the same. It will transform you, turn you inside out, upside down. Whatever happens to your life, Andre, whatever God decides, grab hold of His love. Nothing, nothing is impossible. Jacob wrestles. Let's quickly read that scripture together and then we'll close. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. 
Verse 25, hey? You got it. Yes. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Then the man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. So Jacob said, I'm Jacob. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. Jacob asks this man, Who are you? But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. Another blessing. He changes his name and he blesses him. And I did research. He blessed him with the covenant of Abraham, the meaning of the covenant of Abraham. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Now the life, this whole story is a depiction of all of our lives. If we are to find out how much God loves us, and if we are to get victory and healing in areas of our lives, if we are to find our identity in Jesus Christ. And not in our performance, not in other people's opinions, not in the way we grow up, not in our success, not in our work, not in our money, not in our talents, not in anything but Jesus Christ. We're going to have to wrestle with God. Now, wrestling is being like a baby, adamant for its food. Wrestling is like being like the persistent widow, not stopping. That's so much so that the judge becomes scared of her. Not that God will ever become scared of us, but Jacob would not let go of God. And God decided to equally strength to Jacob. So God would, because he decided that, Jacob would not let go of him. And God saw this guy is determined. He will not flinch. He will not give up. Like a baby will not give up. Like the persistent willow, say it with me, will not give up. And so Jacob wrestled. Do you know what Jacob means? Jacob, Bidrier, he was selfish, self-centered. He robbed his brother of his inheritance. With his mother's help, what a mommy that was. With his mom's help, he cheated on his dad. And then his life consisted of other people cheating him. And he was so sick and tired, his brother was chasing him to kill him because he'd robbed his, dad, his brother's birthright, Esau. And so, how, how much have we cheated ourselves? How much have we cheated others? There's no one here that can say, I've never, even though I think of something, even though I just think of something, I've already. The Bible says, if you think of it, you've done it. Some of us are more innocent than others. Some of us are more honest, but we've all somehow cheated ourselves and cheated other people. Even though you withhold your love, you cheat them of the love you're supposed to give them. And so Jacob wrestled with God, and God wants us to wrestle with him like that brother wrestled on the sand dunes until he got a breakthrough. And Israel means wrestle with God. And Romans 11 speaks of us, the wild olive branch. If you're not a Jew, you're a wild olive branch. We've been grafted into the root of wrestle with God. And our breakthrough comes in shutting the door, coming alone before God, going with expectation and not giving up until we get a breakthrough. Until God comes through for us. 
And for some of us, it might be more persistent than others. It depends. God decides. Because the more persistent you are, the more you surrender as well. You surrender to His will. You surrender to His breakthrough. And the more faith you show. Persistent people are not persistent if they don't believe. You can only persist if you know you're going to get a breakthrough by persisting. You cannot persist without faith. And the more you persist, the more you please God, because the more you show faith. And what pleases God? Faith. God wants us to wrestle. And so Jacob, deceiver, God changes his name. He says, you no longer are cursed with that name. Now you are blessed. Now some of us might think, yes, is wrestling with God a better name than deceiver? Might not sound, but you better believe it is. It's actually, it's no longer deceiver. It is You'll overcome your flesh. You'll overcome your fear. You'll overcome apprehension. You'll overcome doubt by wrestling with God. And, search, and searching Him with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength. Last thought. If we don't wrestle with God, if we don't pursue God, if we don't have faith, unshakable faith, if we don't pursue faith, if you don't have faith, say, God, give me faith. But the more you come closer to God, the easier it is to trust Him. Because you get to know Him. It's not easy for me to ask you, please can you come pick me up tomorrow 11 o'clock? I don't know you. I can give you trust, but, but if I know you, I know she's trustworthy. Because I have a relationship with her. I've spent time with her. And it works like that with the kingdom, with Jesus. The more you speak to Him, the more the, more the Spirit talks to you. The more the Spirit, the more inclined, the more you hear His voice. And, and the more you start pushing out doubt and fear and the voices of people around you, and the more you start pushing out influences of Satan and the flesh around you, the closer you get to Him, the more you hear Him. The more you rub shoulders, the more you get to know Him, the easier it is to trust Him. Amen. So, when we don't pursue God, I'm getting back to my original, when we don't pursue God, we don't do it with, Lord, give me faith, I have faith. If I, if I give up on God, and I don't pursue Him like a, a newborn baby crying out for milk, if I don't do that, I am stealing from God and myself. I'm stealing, like Jacob stole. Because if I do pursue Him like He wants me to pursue Him, then I'm worshipping. And why am I created? Why do you exist? Why were you born? Daniel? Okert? Okert, hoe kom is jy geboren? Yeah. And that purpose, the first thing of that purpose is to worship Him. We exist for His pleasure, not our own. Say that with me. I exist for His pleasure, not my own. And how many of us have pursued God for my pleasure? Are we all guilty? I'm guilty with you. So when we don't pursue Him, we are stealing Him, robbing of Him. The purpose why He's created us is to get to know Him, to love Him, to pursue Him, to worship. When we worship, to really worship, not just lip service. How can you stand still if you really know God and you're worshiping Him? Can you be a robot? Tell me. David says, worship God with all of your might. Your whole body. Clap hands. Dance before God. Because it's an expression of 
your relationship, your intimacy with the Lord. So if you're not there, I'm not judging you. But you must pursue more. You must cry out more for that milk. You must rub shoulders with God, alone with Him, you and Jesus. And you will find Him. Those that seek Him will find Him. We can no longer rob ourselves as well. Because we rob ourselves of intimacy, peace, love, joy, freedom, if we don't pursue Him like a baby pursues a mother for its milk. We rob ourselves and we rob God. Who wants to stop robbing himself and rob God? Stand up, please. In your prayer that you're going to pray alone now between you and God, pray whatever God is guiding you to pray regarding what I've just said. Lord, I no longer want to rob you or rob myself. Some of you have not surrendered all of your lives to Jesus, have not said, Jesus, here I am. I want you to also give your life to God. You know who you are. Say, Lord, I want to give you my life. And Anne is giving you my life. I want to pursue. Those of you that have given your life, just stop praying. Say, Lord, I want to be like a newborn baby. I make that commitment this morning. Guide me. Lead me. Show me. Help me. Each one pray on their own right now.